It's February, and that means two things. It's Groundhog's Day, and it also means that 96% of people have already forgotten their New Year's resolutions, and they're about to live the same year over again. But not you, because for the month of February, my free gift to you is your golden ticket to a new year. With my Brave Vision Blast Off Workbook, you will gain clarity, which is the number one reason why most women quit. They don't know what to do. So find out what you're called to do, harness your energy, gain momentum, reach your goals this year, and experience a brand new year, not just another year. Don't leave your success to chance. Go to braveheartedwoman.com forward slash vision blast off to get your free download today or just click the link in the notes. You'll be so glad you did. Hey, beautiful women. This is Dawn Damon, the Braveheart Mentor, and you're listening to The Bravehearted Woman. This is a podcast designed to help you find your brave so you can live out your beautiful vision. I have been working with women for years, and now I want to help you too. I'm here to awaken the brave heart inside of you so you can ignite the flame of your vision, you can reach your goals, and achieve your dreams. Come on, let's get brave. Welcome everybody to the Brave Hearted Woman. I'm your girl, Braveheart Mentor, Dawn Damon, and I have an amazing guest for you today. Let me introduce her to you before we bring her on camera. Well, you can see her already, but if you're listening by audio, her name is Summer Day, and she is an entrepreneur. She's a CEO, the founder of the Fear Crushers challenge. She's a highly sought after international speaker and author, a success coach, and she has changed countless lives with her powerful and transformative message called Shifting Fear into Faith. And she has spoken to thousands of people, motivating them on platforms across the globe. Here's what I want you to hear. Summer Day made six figures in her first six months. Yes, I didn't say six years. I said six months as a success coach and has a passion to help others do the same by teaching them to master their voice so they can make a big impact for the kingdom. We're all about that. Will you welcome to the Brave Hearted Woman podcast, Summer Day. Hey, Summer. That is the best I have ever heard anyone introduce me, Dawn. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here because you are a doll. You are a doll. And I'm just honored that you would ask me to show up and serve your audience in whatever way I can today. Well, thank you for being here. You know, I resonate with your message because you and I have the same sort of tug from God on our heart, the same call, and that is to see people step out of fear, step out of timidity, step out and become brave, use their faith, use their voice, and pursue the call of God on their lives because we're all called of God to do something. So tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to go deep on that whole thing (laughs) about fear. Yeah, I'll just be quick about me. Born and raised in Los Angeles, California, uh, where I actually met my husband, got married. And uh, in 2020, we sold everything to move full time into an RV because God told us to pick up our mat and walk. 
And we didn't even know where we were going to go or what we were going to do completely on blind faith. Now, he told me to do that in May of 2019 because people are like, did you do it because of COVID? No, God actually gave us uh, over a year to kind of plan, sell our stuff. And of course, I told anyone who would listen, I put it on Facebook Live because, you know, it's not real till it's Facebook Live, right? right. And told everybody that's what we were doing. And then when COVID hit, people were like, oh, are you still going? Yeah, we're still going. And we stepped massively out of fear and into just super amounts of bold faith of um, what God wanted us to do. And some people are like, where are you going? I'm like, I might just August 1st, 2020, get in an RV and be like, okay, Lord, do we drive straight or do we turn left? Like we, we were so so surrendered into not knowing where we were going. Originally, God said it would, um, originally I thought it was going to be like three to six months to travel and homeschool my kids and give them that good, you know, us history education by showing them the sites. And God's like, Nope, that's not what we're doing here. I want you to sell everything, have no roots, have no time frame, And here we are two and a half years later, still traveling, still on the road, been to 31 States and just going, okay, Lord, what's next. Oh my goodness. So obviously you're working remotely, making six figures in your first six months. So you're able to do that. I have so many questions about that because that is a bold step of faith. That is courageous action moving forward on so many levels. You have children. You had to care about what they're going to do, about roots for them. And you guys just said, God, you are going to take care of us. You are going to lead us and direct us. And off we go. That's an adventure. I hats <laughs> off to you, girlfriend. And have you, what have you learned in this time of faith? Probably one of the biggest things that I, you know, teach as a coach and everything is if you want to walk in greater measures of faith, if you want to step out of fear and into faith, you have to learn how to leave the how to God. So mm. much of the time people get crushed by fear. They stop their dreams. they stop their visions because they can't see the how mm. and God operates in the miraculous. When you yeah. turn the how over to him, you know, God even told me, and I don't always share this in that may of 2019. He also said, PS, the RV would be provided. And at oh, the really? time I was terrified to even tell my husband, I'm like, Oh, what? And not only in 2020 did God provide the RV, but he three times over in different ways provided the RV. And, and, and back then, um, you know, six figures in six months is crazy. I used to run um, my own theater company for kids and nobody does a theater company to make any money. And uh, the high right. school theater teachers in LA were starting for the year at 55K. And I, I actually went, I got my degree. I was going to become a high school English and theater teacher. I taught in the classroom for uh, a year. And that was always my goal. So Don, before all this, I never, never made $50,000 in a year. Never, mm-hmm. never, never, never. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when you say that making the hundred K was like, it was, it was not even anything I ever conceived was even possible for myself. None of it, none of the RV living, none of the success I had. I tell everyone I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest best-selling accidental author. Like the, the way that I even became a best-selling accidental author was all in one thing. It was being fully surrendered to the how and going, okay, Lord, I'm moving into an RV. I don't know how I'm going to buy one. I don't know which one it'll be. I don't even know where I'm going to go. Okay, Lord, I'm going to become a coach. Okay, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to become an author. Any of those things, the greatest success toy I can give you is you got to leave the how to God. You have to make decisions that he's put the desire in your heart, beautiful, yes. brave, 
woman. Yes. And your only part is to step in and to be brave. Your only part is to say no to fear and to choose to go, okay, I can't see the details. For example, I did my first event, my first live event in 2021 with 12 different speakers. I knew for a year that God was saying, do this event. I didn't know how I was going to do the event. I didn't know who was going to speak at it. I didn't know what we were going to charge. I didn't know which hotel it was going to be. I didn't know any of those details. I just knew that I was going to do it and that it was going to be powerful and that it would change people's lives. So surrender the how, dear, brave-hearted woman. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful because we get stuck in the uh, the paralysis of analysis. We're trying oh, to yeah. figure out how we're going to do it. And we start to pre- procrastinate. And then we just wonder sometimes, is that God? Is that me? How did you determine and really discern that God was speaking to you and that it wasn't, you know, just some crazy dream that you were having. Cause people are going to want to know that this is a big step (sighs) of faith you took. Yeah. That's a great question. I get asked a lot. Uh, You know, I, I do a whole hour teaching on how to hear the voice of the Lord. The short version for me is the first thing is you have to recognize that God speaks to everybody different. It's not going to be the same for you as it is for me. And I don't hear the big booming audible voice of God. God speaks to us. This is what I learned when I got to go to Israel. God really showed me that he speaks to us through his creation. And some of you, you'll resonate with this. When you go out into nature, you're away from things. How often can God even speak to you when you pause to feel the wind on your face? You're just more connected in those moments. So God uses his creation to speak to us. And when you tap into it and you pay attention, that also includes people. I got to start recognizing when he was sending people um, in my direction. But the biggest thing, you guys, is I pray for it every day. So every day I would pray for the wisdom of Solomon to know when God was speaking to me. Every day I would pray for him to speak to me more. Every day I would wake up almost the same prayer. Like, Lord, I want you to use me today. I want to use you to use me as your hands and your voice to your people. I started just boldly asking him for the things. And I got to say, be careful what you ask for, yeah. <laughs> because he did dish up things that were bigger than I could have imagined that at some point we're starting to, you know, have those feelings of fear breed up in me where I'm like, what you want me to do? What? Where I feel like I can't breathe. But for me, the ways when I know I'm hearing from God is it's physically pretty obvious uh, for me. If I have that feeling when I'm going to go do something and I almost feel like I'm about to go down the, the steep part of the roller coaster because I don't like the big drops, yeah. I can feel it almost like that <gasps> taking a deep breath feeling inside of my chest. Sometimes my stomach does loops. And then when I don't obey the Lord, when like I know I'm hearing from him and he's like, call this person. And I'm like, no, I am not calling them. I I have felt my whole skin burn with fire where God's like, no, call the person. (laughs) So when I pay attention to the physical ways that I am feeling, you know, or when somebody speaks and you know, they're confirming something from the Lord, I will just feel that I'll feel it in my chest, like catching my breath. So start to pay attention to how are you feeling when you know it's the Lord and pray for him to anchor that in. And then when in doubt, Always ask for him to send confirmation. Ask for him to send the voice of other people. Also, I've got wise counsel. If it's something huge that I feel God's telling me to do, like go to Kenya or, or what, what we did this year, 
I'll go in, I'll talk to that wise biblical counsel. I'll seek that out. I don't just go do you know crazy things on a limb. Even when I feel like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is God. I'll go and I'll double check with that um, wise counsel, or I'll pray again and say, okay, God, I, I, if, if this really is you, like bring the other confirmation. The last thing to not be stuck in analysis paralysis. This is what I ask you. How is that thing in your life, even if you're terrified, okay, because I teach people to be speakers on stage and sometimes they're terrified, but that feeling is because they know they have a story that'll change the world. They know they're supposed to do it. I ask them, how do you feel about it? Like you're going to go on stage. You might be so scared you vomit in a bucket, but how are you feeling about you know, you got to share that story for the other woman. How are you feeling about this? Because the true thing is the Holy Spirit to gentlemen. And at the end of the day, it's, you should be feeling encouraged. You should be feeling that pull and it should be a good feeling. If it's attached to condemnation, negativity, I already know that's not from God. Right. And I've, I have had people come to me and say, God is telling me this for you and you're not going to like it. And I don't roll like that, you guys. In Corinthians, it's very clear that when people are bringing you a word from the Lord, it's to edify, encourage, and build up. So I don't care how much I think that person's walking with God. If they're telling me something, but I'm feeling condemnation, I'm not feeling built up, I will highly question whether or not that's from the Lord. Because I call it Holy Spirit spankings. Okay? When you get knocked by the Holy Spirit, it's like a spanking where you know you were wrong. And you're kind of glad you got corrected and you don't necessarily feel condemned. You're like, oh, I des- I really deserved that. Yeah, Some you guys can- were like, ouch. Yeah, that hurt, Lord. Thanks for the correction. Correction still feels like it's good for your spirit. Exactly. Or people coming at you with criticism. You be mindful. If it's not feeling good, then it is probably not from the Lord. Right. And I like the distinction that you're making because we know the prophets in the Old Testament had a pretty uh, heavy duty word for people. But again, it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that draws us to mm-hmm. God. It's not the shaming voice of criticism mm-hmm. that people, you know, they want to come and they want to bring correction and they want to put you in your place. No, that's not how God operates. And that's not how yeah. it works. I like something else you said. I want to go back to it just for mm-hmm. a moment. Uh, Of course, everything that we hear from God lines up with the word. We can't always read in the word, go to Kenya, but we know that the (laughs) concept, right? The peace of God, uh, Colossians says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So that's the umpire. If I've got peace in my heart, I can be sure that I'm hearing God or I'm on the right track. But you said something a while ago, and I love it because it's how I believe that I think it takes faith and courage to trust that the desire of your heart, and I know there's lots of desires, there's human desires, there's noble desires, there's good desires, and there's God desires, but you trust that what you're feeling, that instinct, that intuition, or that that thing that's bubbling up, like go sell everything and move, mm-hmm. you have to trust that God has put inside of you that word. And it comes just like all of a sudden a knowing or a small whisper It comes within, not always without. Like I think about, you know, I live in Michigan here and the birds always fly south come this time of year. They're out of here. Right. And that's how we love spring too. Like all of a sudden the robins show back up and <laughs> like, yay, they're coming home. But my point is this, that, that there's something in them that one day they say, I got to go. I got to go south. 
What, mm-hmm. what does that God put something in them to know that there was a destiny for them and that it's time to fly. And I believe that that's what happens to us too in our spirit, man, that all of a sudden there's a, a, a knowing or a sense when I knew it was time for me to step down from mm-hmm. my pastoral position. It was just one day it's like, I, I gotta go. I gotta fly. I gotta trust that that's from God. And you know what? I wasn't trying to hear that. I did not want to hear that. I was like, no, no. And I was trying to run from it. And the more I was trying to get away from that voice of God, like the, the more uncomfortable it became until finally one day I was like, yes, Lord, mm-hmm. I submit. I, I got to go. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So yet I think it takes a lot of faith to believe that the desire of your heart has been put into you, as the scripture says, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll place the desires in your heart. Yeah. 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 So you've- I was going to say, and then, you know, I, I just lean a lot on it's, it's Romans four seventeen. It's calling the things that are not into being the things that are yes. once I, I, I'm walking in my knowing it's like, okay, God wants us to sell through everything and move into an RV. I'm very mindful of the power of my words. You know, God yes. spoke the world into existence and, you know, Proverbs 18, 22, death and life and the power of the tongue mm-hmm. and those who love it shall eat its fruit. I feel like most Christians are not understanding the power that they have. And every word that comes out of your mouth is either building you up or tearing you down, tearing you down. It's creating life or it's creating death. And so I'm very cautious of what I create with my words as well. When I was going to do that event, I, I never said, well, I think maybe we're going to do an event or, you know, I'm really thinking we're going to move into an RV. Once that decision's made, I speak as if all of heaven's going to get behind me. And I say, this is what we're doing. We're going to do an event. And if somebody's like, who's speaking? I don't know. <laughs> we're going to do this thing. This is what's going to happen. We are moving into an RV. Where are you going to get the RV? I don't know. But I don't get focused on all those little things. And I'm mindful of how I speak it. A lot of people, they crush the desires of their hearts with their words mm-hmm. because they start saying things like, well, I really hope maybe it would happen. And I really think maybe that would be neat. You have got to make a decision to get behind your dreams with your words and allow God to send all of heaven to line up behind you. But it starts with you. He's put that desire there. And sometimes people are like, but what if it's not God? He will slam the door shut. Right. But in the meantime, stop looking through the door going, I, I, are you in there, God? I think I'm supposed to walk <laughs> through there. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, the door is open. Walk through it. Walk and if he doesn't it. want you to, he'll smash you in the face with a door. Or sometimes you got to boldly walk through doors and fall on your face and, and fail miserably and learn yeah. powerful right. lessons that will take you to the next open door. Mm-hmm. But you got to not mm-hmm. allow fear to, um, to be a deterrent anymore. I mean, I, I could preach for hours about fear yeah. to you and what yeah. fear says in the Bible. And I truly believe when we walk in fear, we're walking in disobedience to the Lord. He mentions countless times, do not fear. He doesn't ask us sweetly and nicely. He is commanding when he talks about be strong and courageous and do not fear. I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So when we choose to agree with fear, instead of going, yes. oh, wait, I've got power, love, and a sound mind. I believe we're walking around being disobedient little kids. Fear does not 
get to have a say. And fear is the number one tool I think that the enemy uses to destroy God's people. That's why I call myself the fear crusher. That's why yeah. I like, I take vengeance against the enemy when I see him using fear to stop people from accomplishing great things in this world. Right. Well, I often say I fear is like a prophetic spirit in that it wants to prophesy over you a scary future, a, a future of doom and gloom and defeat and loss. And you have to stop that and not come into agreement with that voice and say, no, just like the giant was prophesying over King David. Well, he wasn't the king yet, but David saying, you know, this is what's going to happen to you. I'm going to take my sword and I'm going to cut off your head. And he was just prophesying fear of a scary future and a future of death over David. And David's like, um, yeah, no, that's not how it's going down. Here's what's going to happen. And he prophesied in faith what yeah. was going to happen. And you're yes. right. All of heaven came into agreement with him. 100%. And he, and he won. But how did you start your fear crushers? What made you jump into this arena <laughs> and the fear challenge, the fear crusher challenge? I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question because sometimes when people don't know you at all, you know, they'll see you, they'll make a stark judgment or whatever. The way that I became the fear crusher is honestly by overcoming absolute incredible, insane obstacles in my own life. You know, mm -hmm. I, I obviously don't have time to go into a lot of my stories, but fear in my life was a master. I was a slave to fear. It was ruling me. Um, I, when I tell people my story in my marriage, uh, my husband and I don't know anybody who's gone through as much in their marriage and stayed married as, as he and I have. Um, the fear in my life from multiple different sources, you know, from a sexual assault in college that caused me to be agoraphobic for a season. Talk about fear. That's the fear of going outside. I literally could not will my own body to open a door, to turn a doorknob and go outside mm. if I was alone. My body would not even make it a possibility for me. So I had suffered from agoraphobia. I was labeled with depression, anxiety. I was on meds for all of those. Um, I was labeled with panic disorder, which you have to have a certain amount of giant panic attacks to get labeled on that. And then I was having seizures. I started off having about, you know, one seizure every two weeks, not the big ground malls, but just my whole body would jolt and it was all fear driven. Mm. And um, eventually I was having 20 a day. I had to go spend three days in the Amen Clinic in Orange County to have my brain analyzed. I had two therapists that said my PTSD was so severe, I needed to go do inpatient treatment for 30 mm -hmm. or 60 days. Mm -hmm. So the way that I became the fear crusher was from walking through all of that and through experience after experience after experience, gaining tools, gaining techniques learning about the power of biblical forgiveness, which I think mm. biblical forgiveness is the number one sword to crush fear. A lot of people walking in fear, it's actually attached to unforgiveness. Mm. It's it's the fear and it's attached to pain from your past, attached to a person and attached to unforgiveness. That was mine. Um, so that's one tool of how I crushed fear. I learned how to walk in biblical forgiveness and I like instantaneously after three weeks of deep work with a, with a, um, a coach, uh, seizures, everything, it all fell away. Stuff that the medication, that the scans, that the doctors, none of that could get taken care of. 
I went to the root of it. And um, for me, it was unforgiveness. So I became an expert at crushing fear in phases of going through stuff. Now, you know that I lead thousands of women all over the the planet reading the Bible cover to cover. I'm on my fourth time of reading God's word for myself. It's through studying the Bible that I started to realize fear's a really big deal. How come I've never heard a pastor and I've been all over the country, seen a lot of pastors actually really go into how fear is in the Bible, really go into the spirit of fear and that it is, it is a demonic force that comes against us. How come nobody's taught me that? So I began to seek out people that spoke on fear. I began to really seek out the scriptures and study the scriptures that were on fear. Um, So it it was a process. It wasn't an overnight thing. You know, my my best friend on the planet is like, you've gone through more than anyone I know. I said, because God wanted to bless me with all those experiences. Mm -hmm. Patricia King says, God will give you an anointing, but your authority comes from experience. And man, the things I walked through were horrible at the time, but the experience has now given me authority and that authority is over fear. Mm -hmm. And when people are like, what do you do as a coach better than any other coach? I was like, I crush fear out of people. If you're, if you're struggling with fear, it's, it gets to go and there's different formulas like the forgiveness. And then you've got to learn how to walk with an attitude of gratitude. Um, there's, there's a whole formula that I teach because we can't mess around with fear anymore. We can't mess around with the pains of the past. We have got to cut that thing like the serpent on the head and let it go. Cause you cannot reach for what's in front of you until you've let go of what's behind right. you. And fear right. is like the glue that just keeps you stagnant. It keeps you stuck in indecision. It keeps you paralyzed in procrastination. And, and as God's people, we don't got time for that anymore. We were born for such a time as this. Absolutely. And you know, we are created in God's image. So we are body, soul, and spirit, three-part being. And when you say that we have to let go of what happened in the past, I totally 100% agree. Sometimes we want to let go of something, but something doesn't want to let go of us. Mm. And I know that there are times where for like me as a survivor of childhood abuse, that I just wanted to, I just wanted to have a spiritual bypass. I just wanted to go, okay, I forgive. And I jump over here and I was done, but my body wouldn't let me. It was advocating for me in ways that were unusual with panic attacks, depression, with anxiety, because it said no, for the very reason that you said, you have to have authority over this. And if you don't process it, I can't have authority over it. Mm -hmm. I can only only have authority what I face down. And I didn't want to deal with it. So I used forgiveness as a way to neglect my healing process and jump Mm -hmm. over it. But how am I going to, how am I going to help someone else walk through what I'm not willing to walk yeah. through? And so, but then also there are times where we have to take that authority and break the stronghold of the enemy. Don't we? Mm-hmm. Cause he's, he, we want to let go of something, but maybe something doesn't want to let go of us. And have you ever experienced a time where you said, you know, feeling is an emotion and a fear, but it's also a demonic spirit, right? Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, I have just I have just seen way too many things and experienced way too many things in my in my own life, and I'll share one more thing. Yeah. There's no happily ever after. There's no okay. I'm now the fear crusher. I did my first challenge you know, almost a year ago. That now I don't have fear. No, I literally just in December 
had something come up where it made me angry and it triggered something from the past. And it wasn't until the next morning that I woke up and I was like, man, I am just, I'm, I just feel gross. Like I feel like an angry, raging person. I don't want to feel this way. Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling this way? Everything else is great. And I was like, this is a demonic oppression. Like, no. So I went to church because you guys, it's not weakness for me. Like I prayed for myself, but sometimes you got to have backup where two or more are gathered, right? Like (laughs) I am there. So I went to church knowing, oh, I'm going to have somebody pray for me. Maybe it'll be the pastor. Maybe it'll be the apostle at our church. And Holy Spirit immediately highlighted a guy who went to Kenya with me. And I, I got to walk over to him. And as soon as he prayed with me, God gave me so much vision. He gave me almost an entire, entire new training that came out. Um, just And I got washed of that anger. Within just, boom, a couple of minutes, all the grossness was gone. Everything was gone. The big trick is once you get out of the depression, once you get out of the anxiety, once you're starting to learn to crush fear, it's not over. You just have to get up faster. You have to use the tools. You have to make tools. a decision to forgive quicker. And you have to not let shame keep you from calling somebody else and saying, you know what, I'm having a bad day or going to church and saying, you know, I'm on the prayer team. I'm one laying hands on church. It's okay for me to also say, hey, today someone's laying hands on me. Today, I'm not okay. Sometimes we feel like we get to a certain level And then we have a hard time and the enemy's like, see, you're not that great. And he brings up imposter syndrome and he brings all these other things. It's all about learning to shut the mouth of the liar quicker. And honestly, nothing does that faster than the word of God. And I teach people to use the word of God as vengeance to crush fear as well. Yes. Oh, well, you mentioned that you're reading the Bible through, and this is your fourth year doing it. And you have a group of ladies. Tell us a little bit more. How does somebody get involved <laughs> if they want to read the Bible through with you? What yeah. Like? Um, the, the website for that is just studyhisword.com. Studyhisword.com. Uh, I finished reading the Bible for the first time, cover to cover, right at the beginning of April of 2020, like right when and COVID had just all started. So that was fun to be in Revelation at that time. Uh, yeah. And when I finished, God was like, "Good job." Now, mind you, guys, God told me sell everything in what May of 2019, mm-hmm. and He said to me, "I'm sending your whole family into ministry. Your whole family will lead people to the Lord." To which I was like, "I'm not a pastor." I'm not a pastor's wife. I don't have a ministry. You're sending me into ministry. Ministry was never on my radar. You're, I'm doing what? But I walked in full obedience and I told everyone we're going into ministry. God showed me a vision of my six-year-old daughter on the side of the road, laying hands on somebody. And there were people behind that person waiting to be next. And he said, don't discredit the little ones. Your entire family's going to lead people to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I held on to that vision. Mm-hmm. April's almost a year later. I still have zero idea what we're doing for ministry. Um, When I was done, God's like, good job. Do it again. I'm like, what do you mean? Do it again. He's like, well, you did it in two years. Your goal was one. Why don't you do it again and hit your goal? And I'm like, right now, that was a lot. Can I wait a year? No, do it. I drug my feet for a couple of months and then I decided to negotiate with God. Like how many of you guys you've ever tried to negotiate when you know God's talking to you? So I was like, okay, Lord, I will do it. If you will let me do a Facebook live so I can find five women to read it Uh-oh. with me, to hold cool. me accountable. Cause I know that then I'll finish in a year. I didn't do it successfully my first time. So that's what you do. You ask for help. So I did a Facebook live. I'm looking for five women. If you would like to help me and you, and you would like to read the Bible cover to cover in a year, we can keep each other accountable. Just, just put yes in the chat. 
And um, I don't even know what, how I'm going to do it or anything, but just put yes if you want to do it. Before I was done talking, 20 women said yes. Yeah. That day, I had 200 women because they started telling their friends. Then we had 1,000, 2,000, 4,000. Two weeks later, we had 6,700 women in a Facebook group to read the Bible cover to cover in a year. It was July 13th, 2020, two weeks before August 1st, 2020, to which I had then at that point told people for 14 months, I'm going into ministry. I don't know what it means. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know anything. I'm just selling everything to obey the Lord. It sounds beautiful to have 6,700 people to want to read the Bible with you, but I was honestly, Dawn, absolutely petrified, terrified with fear, crying on the bathroom floor, begging the Lord to take it away, going, I am not a pastor's wife. I've never been in a Bible study in my life. You've chosen the wrong person. Actually, I was raised Mormon. When the Christian women find out I was raised Mormon, they're going to lynch me. Like, I cannot do this. But you know what? God is so amazing. He doesn't call on the qualified. He qualifies the called. And he was like, calm down. I know who you are and who you're not. Mm -hmm. I know you're not a pastor's wife. I didn't choose a pastor's wife. I chose you. And here's why. You're a gatherer of people. You're a natural encourager. And that's all I want. I want you to be the biggest cheerleader. How many of these women do you think will finish? Most won't. Your job is to get as many of them across the finish line as possible and keep them in community and rally them around a cause. That's all I want from you. And those are things that you do really, really well. Mm. So that's what happened. Talk about walking on faith. And when I tell you guys that all of heaven will come behind you, the higher the stakes, the more he's going to show up. Look what he did. I sold everything. And he's like, cool. My friend was like, you have a larger congregation than my husband. Most pastors don't have 6,700 people in their church. Um, And it just, it skyrocketed and launched everything. We now have well, I mean, well over 10,000 easily. It's kind of hard to track between the books that are now on Amazon and, and people all over that are doing it. There's people interested in other countries and changing it into the languages this year that we're like, we don't even know. Our goal now as a family God gave this ministry mission to my husband. Our goal is to lead 1 million people to read the Bible cover to cover in a year. Mm-hmm. And we're, we just started year three. So it's my fourth time, but we just started year, year three. And my husband and I have committed to doing this for at least 10 years of our life and to continue to just lead people to read the Bible cover to cover. Mm. So that's part of my crazy. When you guys, when you are crazy and you just say big, bold yeses to God, he does big, bold, crazy things. He does not leave you hanging out to dry. He shows up, but you got to be crazy. You got to be willing to tell people in your life, I'm doing this and I don't know. And you've got to be able to have people go, you're crazy. And you're like, it's okay though. I'm powerfully moving forward. He will show up. He won't leave you hanging. I promise. Amen. And you know, (laughs) it's so true because if we don't ask God for big things and we just settle, we're just accepting mediocrity and it takes so little to be above average these days. But there was a gentleman who said when he was talking to God, that God said to him something like this. He said, ask me for something that reminds me that I'm God. You know, not that God needs to be reminded, but that that proves to me that you know that I'm God. Stop asking for small things. Ask God for big things. God wants to bless us. But Summer, thank you for being with us today because I really believe that you've encouraged the faith of the women who are listening. 
that a lot of my audience is the midlife woman who's at a season in her life where she thinks her best days are behind her, that there's nothing yet in front that has any kind of grand, glorious, great plan. And I want to say, yes, there is. That as long as there's breath in your lungs, God has an amazing purpose for your life. He's waiting for us to show him that we're ready for it. Yeah. And I believe that, you know, your faith, your testimony has encouraged and I believe motivated the hearts of women who are listening, maybe pulling them out of the place of discouragement, out of the place of fear, out of the place of excuses, because we can have results or we can have excuses, but we don't get yes. both very often. It's like, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. You know, nowadays people are like, oh, and Summer has a big following and she has this many followers or subscribers or whatever. And she's an author of three books and she made six figures. I can never do that. At the end of the day, you guys, I was just an average, normal, everyday girl, um, not born into a Christian family turned away from God several times, suicidal, like all the things. But the one thing I did that other people don't is I said a big, fat, scary yes to God. That's it. I'm, I was God's yes, girl. I said yes to God. And no matter how scary it was, I powerfully moved forward. That is all that I did. This whole following or that I'm leading this thing. And I, I, I'm i telling you, we ain't stopping until we get a million people reading the Bible to cover to cover and filling stadiums of people. Because we do events at the end of the year where we read it out loud together. And God gave us a vision that we'll fill a stadium of people with 30,000 people finishing mm-hmm. reading Revelation last few um, paragraphs together. How powerful is that vision? That's the vision that drives me forward is I want to be there. What will happen? Will there be like, Will, will demons visibly jump off people and there'll be an earthquake? Like what will happen? But I get chills every time I share it. That's what I want to be a part of. So I just said a big fat yes to God, not knowing any of the answers, not knowing anything else. And the things that have come out of it, my marriage has tremendously been healed. So many things have happened from that one big yes. So if I could ask you anything today, it's what's the big yes that God's been asking you for that maybe you have allowed fear to be the ruler of? Because the truth is you got one throne in your heart. And if fear's sitting on the throne, it sure means the Lord is not. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe today that's your first step is you have got to take fear off the throne of your heart. Ask God to forgive you that it was sitting there anyway. And welcome him and say, I welcome you back to be on the throne of my heart. And I'm going to say yes, no matter how scary, big, or audacious this thing is that I'm feeling, I'm just going to say yes. And I'm going to make a decision today to be a yes girl for God. Amen. Amen. We're going to surrender the how to God. We're going to fire our fear now. And we're going to move forward. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. What is the fire your fear now? <laughs> I have an ebook. So, you know, I get invited to speak places and I can talk for three days. I do my own three day events, uh, fear into faith live. And so I created an ebook. It's called fire your fear where I just wrote, it's just five steps on how to not, how to stop letting fear and anxiety rule your life, how to stop letting fear and anxiety rule your life. So it's going to talk a little bit about the forgiveness that we talked about and just break down five of the things that I teach that whenever I get interviewed, I just don't have time that I want to go into all of those teachings. So if you go to fireyourfearnow.com, 
there's going to be resource there for you, my ebook to help you to start firing your fear. You have got to fire your fear now. It is what God is asking from you. Go look in scripture and you'll, you'll see the only healthy fear is a fear of the Lord. That's it. And anything, anything else, it's not serving you. It's not your portion. It's not from him. So I pray that you will let me bless you with that, that uh, ebook today at fireyourfearnow.com. Yes. Amen. Again, that's fireyourfearnow.com. My guest, Summer Day, she is known as the fear crusher and you are crushing it. You are doing it up big girl. We are so glad that you are on the brave-hearted woman. I got to ask you a quick question. Yeah. Summer day. Did you marry a di- a day or is that your middle name? <laughs> uh, day is actually my middle name. So it's okay. summer day D E Y. If you want to find me on social media, just look for summer day D E Y. Um, and no, my married last name is very long and very Italian. It's oh. Casciagione. However, as a speaker, it's like no one can say that or anything. And my husband was the one he's like, just just go by summer day. It's catchy. It's whatever. It looks great on book titles. Yes. It looks great on podcasts. So no, but it's funny because we'll go to places for events, you know, check into the hotel and they always go Mr. Day when he checks in. <laughs> so it's always a running <laughs> joke, but no, it is my actual real middle name. My actual real, I could show you my driver's license name is Summer Day. It's not a, it's not a made for TV or a stage name right. or any of that stuff. It really is Summer Day. Well, you're a beautiful girl. You're definitely a California girl, but most obvious you're God's girl. And we're so thankful that you are with us today. And I want to just say to all of you who are listening, again, make sure that you avail yourself to all of the free things that are available. They'll be in the show notes for you. And listen, brave-hearted women, this is your moment. I pray that you will find your brave and live your dreams. Thanks for hanging out with me today and becoming brave. If this has helped you, be sure to share it with someone and subscribe so you never have to miss another episode. For more about me, my books, my coaching, or online courses, visit DawnDamon.com. And as always, be brave and live your vision.